0: we start with that
1: uh, we're in Red Hook because um, when we first moved to Brooklyn um, my sister lived down the street in Red Hook she lived in Red Hook so yep. we came to this neighborhood and
0: you fell in love with the Ikea
1: we felt always well, we were here before okay. Ikea yeah before well, that's anything, a
0: feather in your cap
1: yeah there was just there was nothing here um, it was a little bit daunting actually it's kind of scary because there was absolutely nothing here when we moved. <laughs> Wild dogs.
0: What so I I mean okay so you you know you, I mean your sister's here great but you you move here there's nothing here. Why 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 why, why move here?
1: Um well I guess we liked that it was cheap. No. And also there's a bathtub, a clawfoot bathtub that oh. I liked in the bathroom. So
0: you've been in this apartment yeah. the whole the whole time. Yeah, okay. Since 2005.
1: Yeah yeah yeah. yeah.
0: What, what, uh, what, what brought you specific... Because I know you're not from... Are, are either of you from New York? No. What brought you out here?
1: Um, well, I was in graduate school in Connecticut. Yeah. And um, I've always liked New York. always wanted to live here. And I wanted to give it a shot.
0: Yeah. W- m- music, though, or...
1: For music, uh, no, I wasn't thinking necessarily, oh, I'm going to... I mean, I definitely wanted to do music. No matter what but i wasn't thinking i was going to start a band here or something i wasn't thinking that
0: yeah i is this i i I was kind of wondered you know if it's easier if it's easier to do music in a place like like new york or la where there's a billion i mean obviously a billion other bands but i guess a billion places to play
1: yeah no it's it was it's great to be a musician here i think
2: there are a lot of places you can play. I think yeah. that's the thing. A band can pretty much play every night if they want, you know, in small places. Like we when we first started, we played a little place called Pete's Candy Store. Oh, yeah. Do you know that place. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and then we'd play like, uh, un- uh, what is it, Union Hall. And, you know, there's just a lot of venues. So yeah.
0: that's cool. So let me actually, because you, you were talking about school and you know I, I, I as I was on my way out here um, I, I mentioned that I was coming here to a Corker and he <laughs> said in a very like roundabout way that he a friend of his had one of you for a TA an architecture TA no, no.
1: it'd be Nathan architecture well one
0: somebody in the band it might have been you Well, I. I how was... many TAs are there
2: in the band just,
0: just, just me, you yeah. okay yeah. What, what 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 do you, what do
2: you TA <laughs> I was I was a grad student in music composition. Okay, and so I TA'd probably electronic music class. Yeah, or music theory or something. Yeah. So that, but not architecture. Okay, so as I remember, I don't
0: know. <laughs> I guess wires wires got crossed.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I knew architects in grad school, but I don't think I. And I was in an I was in an art class. I took an art class in grad school. Okay, but.
0: uh Weird. What's what's the Elvis Costello thing about dancing about architecture?
2: Oh, I don't know.
0: Writing about music is like dancing about architecture.
2: Oh, that's cool. That's a good one. <laughs> well, Stravinsky said that uh, music was frozen architecture. It's more more heavy duty than the Elvis <laughs> Costello one. <you> know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even sure what that means. What is... I don't really know. Well, well, he he means that you know music. I think you know classical music and all music, but. You know, has this like formal structures and stuff. That yeah, it's similar to the, the architecture of a I building, see. I guess. How is it frozen? Yeah. Oh, well, just in the sense that um, that it's. Uh, oh no, maybe I have it backwards. Maybe it's architecture. It's just is frozen frozen music. music. That see that okay. That's, yeah. that's that it. makes more. That, sense. Sense. <laughs> that, that <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> that makes that more makes
0: sense. more sense. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. M- music grad student, you're just able to pull out Stravinsky quotes. Is that
2: pretty much? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: how is that uh, how is that informed uh, your ability to play
2: pop music is that um well i you're 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 nodding before we play i i we do an analysis of all the songs all the harmonic structures and we we sit down and we really study it all and um and then and only then do we pick up our instruments people and people play. can't see that your fingers are crossed I, i'm joking yeah no i'm joking um i don't know no my um I, my background was originally in rock, so and then I got detoured for about 15 years doing classical music stuff. Can you call 15 years a detour? Or is that just my life? I you think know. so. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm older than you think. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I don't know. It was, seems kind of like a detour. Yeah, well, but whatever, I mean, life's just detours. I mean, yeah, I agree. Sure. Life, life is detours, so. But, but well in the a detour in the sense that now I mean I started just playing rock music and then I decided I wanted to be a composer or whatever pretty late like in high late in high school which is late for people usually in classical music a lot of people get into that pretty early and uh, and then I went all the way to through grad school for a lot, long time and then got back into rock so if my true path is rock then the classical was a detour.
0: I see. Is it, is it, I don't know. I've always, you know, I've always wondered like pst, go, you know, going, going to school and, and teaching and, and studying theory, if it's hard to like, I don't know, to, I guess, I don't know if dumbing it down, but you know, to play like kind of simple pop music afterwards. No,
2: not really. I, I, I didn't really learn. I, I just, I was stupid and I didn't really learn anything in grad school. anyway. <laughs> I just did it all intuitively so yeah I, I i it's not it's not really it's just what i did it's not it's like not even that interesting really it's it's just it's just my it was just my weird roundabout path but it yeah i kind of still do the same thing i did when i was like 14 after all that for better or for worse
0: so where do where do you where do you come from music wise
1: well my dad was a pianist so he was always practicing and playing piano in the house so, and I, at a, I guess, it, heard a lot of, like, piano, classical pieces, and jazz, and, like, music, you know, like, music hall stuff from him, uh, but, uh, yeah, so I played piano, I guess, as a kid, and then I, then my sister got a guitar for her birthday when I was 13, and, and I sort of was interested in the guitar, I remember, and started learning chords pretty quickly, and, like, writing songs when I was 13 and then I studied classical guitar for a little bit and then I started writing songs I guess again and then I uh I kind of did a detour too I mean I went to college and like did liberal arts college Hmm. stuff and then I got into um sound design and like theatrical, like theatrical, yeah. like uh, engineering and recording, and hmm. I really wanted to do music, and I didn't know, and I was like thought that would be a way to do it, like behind the scenes, and then you
0: didn't think that you would be on the other side of the mic.
1: No, I didn't like see myself as a performer, or or like it was very subconscious, like a really weird way of going about it. Um, But I, but through theater and sound design, I started writing songs and writing a lot of music for the plays and Mm. stuff. And, and after every play, I would end up writing a bunch of songs, like the whole process inspired me to write songs. And so then I just realized I didn't want to do theater. I, I just wanted to write songs. So that was graduate school. After graduate school, I came here and I, I just started writing a lot of songs
0: there's still I feel like we're missing a, a big chunk as of how you get from writing the songs to performing in front of people.
1: Yeah, you're right. So, um so my sister encouraged me to to perform.
0: Is she she's still out here?
1: Um she's not actually. She she moved, well, she is actually. She's kind of <laughs> I don't know. She mm. kind of lives here. She lives in Charleston. She lives. She's in limbo. Yeah, she's not in limbo. She just has a house here. She has an apartment here. She also ha- has a house in Charleston, and she lives. She's living in Charleston right now. That's so a nice. It's a nice, yeah. It's and... a nice life, right? <laughs> yeah, and she um, <laughs> she has two little boys. Yeah. and She's happily married, and um, but she and she kind of pushed me to perform, and she's like, "I'll perform with you." And so it was. First of all, it was just like me and her performing songs, and she like booked this tour in Williamsburg um that I'm so, wait, was like
0: tour in Williamsburg
1: well it was it's like, like a, a pub crawl right it was like coffee shop <laughs> every day we were playing like a coffee shop in Williamsburg to like two people yeah and so uh, it was like open mics and uh, yeah or it was like open yeah. mics yeah and then uh then that's we soon got Nathan involved and then uh Brian got involved our bass player (laughs) Brian who uh we met through a mutual friend and we just started practicing here in this room and just jamming every weekend we just he'd come over like early like in the mornings we'd like drink tea and just play these songs like my songs and some of Nathan's songs and um then we started performing at like Pete's Candy Store and And that was, it was like all acoustic and weird and ramshackled. And (laughs) before that, I was, Nathan had a record out in 2005 called The Beast. And just me and Nathan toured Europe for like a week. What was,
0: what was The Beast?
1: The Beast.
2: That's my, one of my solo records. Uh
0: Are you, are you still doing writing for the band, for, for this band specifically?
2: I yeah I, I write I write a little bit I have one one song on the new record I uh, I wrote it definitely sounds different I mean different from the other record from the
0: first record yeah. it's um I don't want to say like musically darker does that make sense it's less mm-hmm. poppy I mean that's fair right
2: yeah where it's also dark we the, I think the recording is darker which we like hmm. um how do you mean oh just the the actual mix of it is darker the it's eq would darker it's it's the instrumentations there's not as much brittle high-end yeah arrangements um like
0: it's like less it's less trebly
2: yeah it's less trebly yeah
0: i you know i I was thinking about this on the way here because i i like you know really clicked. this is this is about the extent of my research but i you know i really quickly read a, a couple of interviews with you guys and um the funny, the the funny thing I think that that people kept coming back to was everybody was talking about what a kind of happy poppy record the first one was, and you kept well, you you were basically saying, well, yeah, musically yes, but lyrically no,
1: mm.
0: that that the two didn't necessarily match up, and I'm wondering if if this is just you kind of going. Again, I wouldn't say it's you know a super super dark record, but is this you guys going all the way in that direction? This does the music match yeah. the lyrics
1: more? Right. Yeah. T- totally. I think that. I think that. Yeah. I think the content is always kind of sad. <laughs> the lyrical content is kind of like, so, you know, something's not right. Something's not. It's uh, quite right, um, basically. So. We uh, yeah, so we just kind of went that way, totally, I guess, and i think I think a lot of the songs are in mi- are just minor keys, which sounds sad, you know
0: is you you're just like one day, oh yeah let's make let's make record two a little a little darker than record one
1: um it wasn't a total conscious decision. I think these songs um but they were written over a few years, um I don't know. We definitely like wanted a different sounding record than the last Mm. record we wanted like more natural sounds and we wanted acoustic instruments and um and then we we wanted electronic instruments as well but we wanted those to sort of sound like you know very warm and um analog you know analog Mm -hmm. electronic you know so um if if you can say that
0: so, I mean, you guys are ostensibly a, a three-piece, but what what's what's it like in the recording studio? I mean, you're, you're you're talking about various instrumentation,
1: right? So there's yeah, there's a lot of overdubbing. Basically, I play guitar, and I sing, and Nathan and Brian plays bass and sings a little bit, and and then Nathan plays everything else pretty much. So Nathan's like doing the piano and.
0: How, how did you how did you become the drummer? You know, if you're if you're the uh, if if you're the kind of default, I play everything guy.
1: Well, actually, can I say because I remember actually because when we first started playing as the the four of us, my sister and Brian and Nathan, it's true he he did start out he could play guitar. He kind of we one day we all played guitar, you know, the three of us, and then okay. it was Crosby, just Sons kind of a Nash, matter kind of, of uh, yeah yeah like three <laughs> big acoustic guitars. I think Brian brought his. Acoustic guitar. Um, I think it was just, I realized it was just a practical matter. Like, none of us could play drums except Nathan. Ah. So, but what, did, how do you, what do you want to say about that? Well, I,
2: I really like playing drums. Drums was my first instrument. Mm. And um, on tour, we actually have another guy who plays drums. with. We have four on tour. Mm. And this tour, we're going to switch back and forth. He's going to play some keyboards and while well, I play drums for some songs and then I'll play guitar. So we'll be all switching around a lot, which should be fun on this tour. But, um, but drums for me, and it actually isn't unrelated to the, um, architecture and music thing, uh-huh. you know, not to get pretentious or anything, but I do feel like when we're, drums are a frozen version of fill of in the blank music of music. No, no, I'm, um, no, I no, But, but actually seriously, I, I do when we're, when we're working on the songs, developing them in the, in the practice space with the three of us, um, I really like to be behind the drums because I feel like I can um shape the structure mm. of the songs and the flow of the song and the 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 like just the whole vibe of the song. I feel like I can guide it better from the drums than can't from anything You can yell else. at somebody
0: to go faster, but you can play the drums faster.
2: Right? Yeah, and you well you can like come up with different sections. You can like you can you can define sections easier. You can like deal with, like, dynamics easier from the drums hmm. than you can from another instrument. Because if you start playing really loud, people are going to have to play loud. If you start playing really quiet, they'll start playing really quiet. But if the drums are just playing really loud and the guitarist starts playing really quiet, no one's going to really notice. So I just think it's you can make really broad strokes. You're like a backseat driver, almost, behind, yeah, the, oh, yeah, <laughs> behind yeah, the drums. Right, yeah. right. Well,
1: I mean, I don't know if that's totally true, because I think Miles Davis said that the drummer is the driver. Yeah, yeah I'm the driver. So actually, I don't think he's the backseat driver. I think he is the front seat I driver. See. Yeah,
0: I see. Um, how how fully formed are are the songs when you bring them in?
1: Um, well, I write them on guitar usually, and the lyrics are done, and the the melodies are there, and most of the time, the melody, the chords, you know, the the lyrics are done. But sometimes, but it sounds it's like there's still loose. a lot to be. Yeah, done yeah, and then the, and then when yeah when we. When we get in the into the room together, the uh, the vibe changes, the um, sections sometimes are added or taken away or, you know, you realize like, you realize the form much, you realize what the form is going to be, I think, when you have other instruments, when it's not just a guitar and a voice.
2: Yeah.
1: You have, you know, you can have more, you can play around much more with form and, um, when you get all of us together which is really fun. So,
0: so if the I mean if the music and the, the the lyrical content are kind of at odds on the first record, I mean how did it how did it become such a such a pop record?
1: Oh, I don't know. I think I think they're pop songs, right? Don't yeah. you think like Yeah, I think that the songs are And I think that we still are attracted to that sense. I think this record has a lot of pop sensibility too. I think all the songs are you know, have melodies that are catchy and there's hooks. And, um, so all those elements of pop are still there. I think, um,
0: it's a good thing to have on the first record certainly though. Right. I mean, that's yeah, right. It's, it's such an interesting time where it can just be on a blog and then it can be on somebody's iPod. And then next thing you know, I mean, that, that, that's like, you know, everybody asks you that basically the same questions about how you got signed to merge and, that seems to kind of be the story, right? Is,
1: oh, yeah. That's that's good that you remember that. I forgot that. That's a nice... Yeah, that's exactly how it happened. It's crazy.
0: And it's nice to have, you know, a couple of pop songs in there. I mean, those are the ones that people, you know, kind of glom onto, right?
1: Yeah. I think that that... I think that's why people noticed us, probably. Um, my bloggers noticed us, that we had some catchy songs. And, Yeah and then Scott put, got one on his iPod and <laughs> that the rest is history
0: Where are you guys where are you guys now in terms of like I mean that the album came out yesterday right Yeah So like what 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 is what is life like for you this week
1: Hmm a lot of like practicing and uh we did sound check today and radio stuff and interviews and Yeah um busy
2: we're doing a concert with the string quartet this friday at wnyc's green space <laughs> and so we've been with, rehearsing. with an actual string quartet yeah wow. we've been rehearsing with the string quartet a lot and um it's for the ecstatic music festival i don't mm-hmm. know if you know about this yeah it's a, it's a festival that pairs two kind of um different groups together and huh. and they collaborate so i arranged four hospitality songs for for the string quartet and um and then we're going to do a set and then i wrote a string quartet piece also that'll be done so it should be fun but it's been um it's been a lot of uh, rehearsals and stuff
0: this is like one of those rare moments where that classical background really really comes in handy it sounds uh, yeah. like right
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. right right <laughs> how how hard is it to how hard is it to pair those two things up Oh, it's not, it's not hard at all. I mean, I, I, you know, you'll, you'll see bands on Letterman or something. Sometimes they'll bring along a string quartet in the background, yeah. you know, as a kind of, um, added thing, but I wanted to do more of a kind of unplugged version mm-hmm. of these songs. So it'll be just me on a acoustic guitar, the string quartet, and then Amber singing and Brian singing a little bit, um, so, and it's completely different versions of the songs. It's not like we're just playing the songs and then the string quartet's just kind of playing yeah. behind us. It's, we totally re- rethought the songs and, and, uh, so it'll be different, but, um, you know, it should be, should be interesting. This will be the only time we'll do it. It's yeah. A, it's kind of a special concert.
0: So, so the, I mean, the, the totally melodically different.
2: Oh, no, not, not, no, 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 the, the content the of the music. Yeah. I mean, there is some stuff that little changes here and there melodically. And I added little stuff here and there, little doodads, but, um, uh, but, um, flourishes and just flourishes yeah. and doodads <laughs> and trills, yeah. a lot of trills. <laughs> sure. Um, some triangles. Triangles. A lot yeah. of Triangles.
0: Well, what's what's that like for for you, Amber? Like hearing hearing your music <laughs> played by a string quartet.
1: Oh, I it's, it was really like a dream come true. I I've always wanted to hear hear it that way, especially some of these songs on the new record. I I was really glad to hear 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 these arrangements. Um, so it was exciting.
0: I mean, why why the new songs specifically? Are they?
1: Um, I don't know there's there was this one there's one song called rockets and jets and it has kind of a driving rhythm and i always sort of heard like a driving string you know string quartet like like a cashmere sort uh, of like a (laughs) like an eleanor rigby kind of thing you Mm. know like um that's sort of what i was imagining
0: yeah was release day special you know i I mean again it was yesterday i mean was it different was it different than any other day
1: sorry to give you such a mundane answer um
0: well, I mean, if, you know, if it is, it, it
1: is. I'm so just I'm thinking, just I'm just thinking like all this like, work we had to do, but no, 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 it, but no, there's a spirit, there's a more psychological, yeah. um, spiritual, I don't know if it's spiritual, but just definitely a psychological, uh, release or something that happened with, is that the word I want to use with, um, with the, with the release of the record? Like there was a, there was a, like a catharsis. Weight. Yeah. there yeah. Catharsis. There was like a weight that was lifted off my shoulders when the record came out. And everybody knows what it sounds like, and everybody was writing about it. You know, it's like there's no secrets. There's no, you know, it's all out. The were, were there secrets before? <laughs> well,
0: were there? other other than I mean, you know, I, I guess people not actually hearing the music was was that the big secret?
1: Um, I guess I don't know. Just I, I I guess more um I mean secret more um metaphorically maybe or yeah um it was private or it was it was unknown it was. Unknown, maybe, is a better word. And now it's, like, alive, and it doesn't belong to us anymore. It belongs to the world, which is nice and kind of liberating for me, I think.
0: Was that a totally different experience than than the first record?
1: Kind of, because we were sort of, like, in the dark the whole time for the last record. No one knew, really, you know, New York knew who we were, and maybe some people outside of New York, but this is you know, now we're getting a proper, like, European release, and, and the, it came out in Europe, like, the day before it came out in the U.S., so it's just a larger audience, I guess, a larger people, uh, more people know about it, and, um, it was, it was kind of different, I think, last time. I don't, I don't remember feeling so much, um, sort of, just, like, kind of anxiety about it. I didn't, I wasn't really anxious about the last releases, or maybe hmm. I just don't remember because it was two years ago. But um, this this release, yeah, I just felt a little bit more, maybe more anxiety or something.
0: I mean, there's, I guess there's more built-in expectations right. the second time.
1: Or like, <clears throat> or maybe like the first time was kind of ignorant bl- bliss or something. Is that the ignorant bliss? Sure. Ignorance, Ignorance bliss? is bliss. Ignorance is bliss. That's what I want to say. <laughs> um <laughs> Ignorant bliss. Ignorance is bliss. Um, for the first record, and and then like this record, I'm, we're all like a little bit wiser, and we know what to expect. I guess.
0: Yeah, and the, on, on on the flip side, you know, people people have more built in expectations in terms of what things are going to sound like, and that's. I mean, again, was, is that the secret? Was that the secret? Is that it's just a different that it's a different sounding record.
1: Uh, well, it is a very different sounding record, but no, I wasn't thinking, oh, people are going to be so <laughs> surprised when they hear this record. Yeah. Um, cause I, we were just really following what we wanted to do and are following our hearts and not, it wasn't calculated at all. Like we weren't thinking, you know, we just did what we wanted to do. We wanted to like make this kind of record. and But
0: it's important to have, I guess, consistency within a record, right?
2: I mean, I, that's not written in stone. No, I, I don't think. But,
0: but but it sounds like to you, it, it wasn't important that this record sounds. I mean, you know, again, there there's there's some popular moments, but that there's kind of a consistent feel or theme. Wait, it
2: was important, or it was not? I
0: thought I, it, it. seems
2: like it was for you guys going into it, right? You mean sound? Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's just, yeah. yeah Sound-wise, yeah, yeah, sound definitely. Yeah. I think it's consistent. But from but from song to song, there they it's pretty pretty large swing between some really electronic songs to mm-hmm. like totally acoustic songs to uh you know whatever diff- just a lot of different things a lot different styles i guess but it,
0: this is is this is probably going to be a harder record to play live i assume because of all the instrumentation that went into it
2: um i don't think so. it's actually it's it's weird because it we we had a lot of instrumentation on the first record a lot of added stuff mm-hmm. Um, but it was more kind of ornamental. The first record, more um, little ornamental things, little color color splashes here and there, and um, you know f- trills and doodads and flourishes. Yeah, and all you, that you were kind doing some stuff.
0: like some serious like back backup singing for yourself. It sounded like on the first record there was some sometimes. Oh, that's me.
2: Some of them. Me a lot okay. of times. It's actually oh, really? a lot of me. Yeah, yeah. Like I added a lot of stuff after we recorded to that record. You do a good falsetto then. Yeah, <laughs> Brian does I do. Actually. Brian does too. Yeah. But the 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 point that was the first record. This record we didn't want to do that stuff. We we didn't. We wanted to have the arrangements be a little bit more. Um, uh, what's the word like? Um, purposeful and not mm. just ornamental. So more integrated into the songs. So. Um, things don't just show up and then just disappear willy-nilly. They're kind of there and they have a part and they play for most yeah. of the song. So for that reason, I think it's going to be actually easier to do this record than the first record hmm. because it's not like you just have this one little thing come in and do it for a second and then it goes away. It's like there's a synth part. There's like a piano part. You know, Did, did, did having to, to recreate
0: that first record on stage live did that inform the the decision to make everything have some sort of big big purpose and be easier to do live Um,
2: the second time not directly but i think that touring a lot and playing live helped inform it i think i came to it we all came to appreciate um this you know the directness and the simplicity of of a band and just what you can do with just the band um, and there's a song on the new record the song I Miss Your Bones which is basically just us live in the studio mm-hmm. I mean there there are a few little overdubs but that you know and um, but we also didn't want to do that for every song the, the, just the trio playing you know because we like to I like yeah. especially me I mean I like a lot of different sounds and different types of arrangements and stuff
0: how, how involved are you guys in, in the recording process from the other side of the board?
2: Oh, really? Super involved? Yeah.
0: Are, are you doing the, the production yourself?
2: The record was technically produced by myself and Matt Boynton, who is the engineer and producer at Vacation, <laughs> Vacation Island Recording Studio in Williamsburg, which is where, where we recorded. And so Matt and I co-produced the record. Matt, um more of on the engineering end and the mixing end and he's totally brilliant at that um and i'm i was more on the arranging end and figuring out like what instruments to play and stuff like that and the general direction of the tracks right that's fair to say
1: writing the um the trumpet parts and the cello parts and and like any
2: any harm any um <laughs> any uh, <laughs> any harmonies like any inner harmonies any anything like that that's all anything she does <laughs> anything <laughs> any, she doesn't do you do pretty much yeah and Brian just kind of hangs out <laughs> um, no he he does he adds stuff too I mean obviously he does his own. Baselines, sure stuff like that and he i think he did a few harmony stuff but i'd say for the most part i do all of that
1: for the record yeah
2: are you a micromanager yes i am
0: <laughs> <laughs> is that is that is that tough to be in a in a band with, with somebody who's... i think
1: i think that uh, other people find it hard to, sometimes yeah to, I, I think yeah we find it hard to sometimes but i think we have a healthy relationship we sort of you know brian will let us know let nathan know when enough is enough and um yeah. <laughs> and then you know nathan will tell us you know we all sort of get on each other's nerves i think yeah, it's just sort of natural and um but everybody has a role a pretty, and i think everyone knows their role and um so that makes it sometimes easier if you know I just sort of trust what Nathan is up to and I don't have that's not him he has strengths that I don't have. Yeah. You know, and I have strengths that he doesn't have, so we just sort of complement each other and, and Brian certainly has strengths that I don't have, like so I just I'm just happy to have these people working with with, you know, in this band. Like it's
0: great. How do you how do you expect the tour for the second record to be different than the first time out?
1: How do how, I'm sorry. How, how
0: do you expect the, the the you know I mean how do you foresee the tour being different this time out?
1: Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I hope that we're more we're definitely more seasoned performers now, and. Yes.
2: I mean, we are more seasoned, but we we haven't played these songs live yet, hardly yeah. at all. So. <laughs> it'll I think it'll be really fun. I really like playing these these songs, but um but yeah, we'll have to we'll hopefully just get better and better with these songs. That's yeah. interesting because what's the yeah.
1: Well, I was going to say I think that the la- what we learned last we did learn a lot about like live arrangement. Yeah. Last time. Um and this time we're implementing those, you know, what we learned and like there's not two guitars, there's one guitar and one keyboard and one bass and drums. So that's what we're that's the arrangement you know of this of it's an sampler sometimes, but uh yeah that's the that's sort of the core arrangement of for this tour so sonically I think it's gonna be different yeah. and I'm really excited to hear what that's gonna how that's gonna work in different rooms and um yeah, so I'm excited I, about that
0: I was just thinking about that that, that quote about um architecture. about architecture no, about Arch- no, really? about <laughs>
1: Are we bringing that up again?
0: No, about, um, what is it, like, you have your whole life to make your first record, and you have a year to make the second record? And that's, I mean, that's what it sounds like in terms of, you know, you were playing those songs for well before yeah. that first record came out.
1: Yeah, totally, yeah. Do,
0: do you, I mean, is, is New York, I mean, is, I, I guess New York isn't as much of a place where you can just kind of go out and feel your way through those songs. Kind of like, especially when you get to a certain point, you know, you're playing certain rooms, it has to be kind of polished when you actually get up on stage and perform in front of people.
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, we, we definitely pushed those boundaries before. I mean, yeah, I don't, I know I, I mean, yeah. There's some embarrassing YouTube videos, I think, <laughs> of, our, of our early performances, <laughs> just pushing like Nathan improvising on the drums and I'm a, probably a little drunk sometimes and like messing up you know my keyboard part or something at mercury lounge i don't know
0: improvising on the drums just because you're a <laughs> classical jazz guy <laughs>
2: just trying to throw everyone in the band off yeah. You just, just <laughs> literally just fucking yeah. with people on stage totally, yeah. What's no a terro- i'm kidding I'm, I'm actually i'm, I'm kind of joking about everything i've been saying but um
1: okay I, so we'll, <laughs> we'll start over start now.
2: over no i don't know why i did that i was just I, I just, I don't know. It was just fun. Maybe I was, I don't know. I don't know why I did it. Well,
1: the point is, is that, the point I'm trying to make is that New York did allow us to sort of make mistakes okay. and to, like, experiment, and uh, we did. We experimented a lot, and then, uh, and then we sort of just, you know, then we, then we had to get serious, and, like, I bought an electric guitar, and we started practicing more and practicing with a metronome, and stuff like that.
0: Like un- unless you're like unless you're like animal collective you're not allowed to just get up on stage and work your way through things in front of people,
1: right? I mean, especially Unless you're really really good. Yeah, unless you're like well, even Miles Davis didn't do that. I don't think he they were improvising, but they were rehearsed. They were well rehearsed and or he was I don't know what do you think about what do you have to say about
0: them? What do you have to say about Miles Davis? Um
2: well Miles Davis uh no I he, he was facing back back his back towards the audience. Yeah, he didn't know what he was doing. No, he <laughs> not Um he didn't even know which way to turn. <laughs> the uh the well we played a show um like uh, a couple months ago just a kind of one-off show um at Glasslands and we we had a sit-in keyboard player and we really didn't know the songs at all and <laughs> This friend of ours, um, you know, was really into the the show. Afterwards, he was like, "Wow, this is so great! I'm gonna," and he, you know, I'm gonna be bummed out when you actually learn the songs because there is a kind of energy when you, when when you don't know exactly what you're doing and you're kind of figuring it out on stage. It 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 you know it's like a a, a tight wire or what's a tightrope. Tight rope um walk you know and there's there's some risk involved and if you just know the song's perfectly and just execute them flawlessly it's super boring i think for the audience so i i i i, I like to keep some risk in the music and it keeps it interesting for us and i think that translates into it being interesting for the audience even though they know that with risk comes i mean well you know comes failure yeah. sometimes but that's cool i think so
0: I mean, isn't isn't the pattern usually? You know, you've, you're you, you you know you're I'm, you're touring on the first record, and then you're playing songs from the second record live. It sounds like you just kind of didn't start playing those until right. We really did a recently. few.
2: We did a f- maybe and one like or four two new songs on tour last year. Four new songs? I don't think I think only like two ended up on the record. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, two- mm. and those ended up changing a lot, or not. Well, a couple of them ended up changing a lot. through through playing live no once well um no well they did change through playing live but once they got on the recording they we changed them a fair amount Hmm. um so yeah we it wasn't like we'd been playing the touring the songs and then we just recorded them exactly the way we yeah had toured them
0: i mean it sounds like you especially are very inclined to shape these as much as possible in the studio
2: yeah, without it being overwrought and obnox—you know—obnoxiously overwrought, and that's yeah. why we wanted to do. I mean, I you know that's why like on that song "I Miss Your Bones," it's just us playing live exactly the way we would play it live, you know, for the most part. Um, but then other songs, we actually had uh, a really rock band version, and we ended up ditching that after we recorded it that way and making it like totally electronic. Because it just wasn't feeling right in the band version, so that wasn't that you know the song inauguration started out as a as a um, rock song, whatever band trio song, and that and be- became more electronic or almost totally electronic. You, you said a
0: lot of these songs are like three or four years old, or
1: the songs on this record. You, oh, as far as know. when you
0: started writing them, I think before you said that. They were a couple of years old
1: um i don't know i mean i think they're of 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 this f- they're of like uh when did this when did we start working it? 2013 they're of like 2012 2013 okay. and then like there's some like nightingale's really old though but basically yeah twenty twenty eleven 2011 to
0: 2013 probably I'm, I'm just wondering you know beyond <clears throat> the playing them live um part we were discussing earlier uh, how how much like you know obviously your life has changed quite a bit in the last couple of years and whether that's affected the songs themselves
1: oh yeah so well my life is pretty much the same i think yeah i don't know i mean you were like you I were teaching know. before what right oh yeah i was teaching um yeah, <laughs> you don't remember I... anything
0: before 20 2012
1: do you <laughs> well uh I don't know. I guess I don't feel like. Are you saying like fame has changed me or something? Yeah, or like...
0: yeah. I'm saying you're a real <laughs> diva. Yeah.
1: Um, but so what are you saying? Actually, what are you asking? Well, him? I'm just.
0: I'm wondering if because I, I. That's our
1: heater. Our heater oh. Yeah, it's not it's an very, like,
0: It's rhythmic though. Yeah. Which I've n- I'm not heard a heater like that. That's
1: impressive. It's like turning on. I think. Yeah,
0: it did sound like it was waking the mice up. Um, No, I'm just, you know, because, you know, I assume assume you're putting a a fair amount of yourself into the songs, and, you know, if you undergo what, from the outside, seems like a, you know, pretty drastic life change, if that Mm -hmm. affects the music at all, and, you know, the, the content.
1: Well, I think I'm still, I'm still interested in, like, you know, unrequited love and tragedy, so... I think I'll probably write those kind of songs for a long time. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But now that you're all requited that doesn't doesn't affect it at all. Um
1: Well maybe actually I should start writing more about the joy of love. Which I think I will. I think that is what I'm <laughs> gonna start writing about. <laughs> there,
0: there aren't enough there aren't enough songs out there about the, the joy of love. That's, is it just you know.
1: it, or <laughs> joy of love? <laughs>
0: It's just, it's just like, it's, I guess it's more boring by nature, right? I mean, happiness, happiness is more boring, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah.
0: It just doesn't.
1: But you can make it sort of fantastical or something. Something has to be heightened in the storytelling. Like if I were to write something about the joy of love, it would be so romanticized that it would be like heightened in a way that it would be, you know, not real or something or it would be, it wouldn't be uh, just heartfelt. You know, wouldn't be like I love you so much. I want to spend the rest. It of wouldn't my be life earnest with you. Yeah, it wouldn't be earnest. I don't. I'm not interested in that. I don't think.
0: How do you heighten the joy of love?
1: <laughs> you, it, you, it becomes like a, a like Game of Thrones kind of kind of song, or like
0: I like the direction it, it that we're going in here. Like, <laughs> I feel like the third record <laughs> has got again. If if you need to channel the joy of love through like
1: dragons, dragons. Yeah, it becomes like a yeah, like a a romantic more romantic uh story in the in the vein of uh
0: Like a Princess Bride. Like
1: a princess <laughs> bride, yeah. <laughs> hey
0: everybody, uh greetings from a hotel room high atop a hill in Barcelona, Spain. Uh it is you know, I was, was going to tell you what time it is, but um, I'm, I'm six hours ahead and haven't slept for about three days, so um, I, I hardly even know where I am. But uh, uh, since I'm up, I wanted to, to take the opportunity to thank uh, Amber and Nathan for uh, for doing the interview. I uh, met them at their at their apartment in uh, in Red Hook, Brooklyn. Um, which the area, from the New Yorkers know as being by the IKEA, um, really, really fantastic. You know, when I when I got there, I um, felt like a big shot and. Tossed out a, a Glenn Gould reference and then was you know, immediately uh, immediately schooled by both of them. So I knew that I was uh, in for a good conversation. Uh, great people, awesome bands. They've got a new album out now on uh, on Merge Records that just came out, got like a couple weeks ago. And uh, you can also get their debut also on Merge, came out twenty twelve. Um, very very terrific self titled album. Uh, so thanks so much to them. Thanks to uh, Christina at Merge for setting up the interview. Uh, thanks to Brian as always for editing the podcast together. Uh, thanks to Mark and everybody. Else at the uh, Boing Boing Podcast Network for uh, having us uh, be a part of that great thing. You can check out more shows over uh, over on iTunes, and while you're on iTunes, take the time to write the write the ROL Podcast because you know it's um it's your stars that, that, that keep us going. Uh, cause we you know we don't we don't have any ads this week, so that's we we, we rely on the. Um, kindness of strangers uh you can if you got any feedback send us an email it's uh, at gmail at gmail.com we've got a tumblr it's dot com. and in fact um you can actually get the shows uh hours if not days before you can get them over on Boing, Boing. so you can be a, an early adopter of the show oh speaking of itunes i mentioned this last week but uh it's worth uh it's worth mentioning again. Um, all the episodes are up on iTunes now. We had a weird hosting issue on the back end, so we only had 20 at a time. But um, you can go back and hear um, how terrible the sound recording was on the, on the early episodes. Um, you know, some memories from less than a year ago. Uh, got uh, more, more, uh, lots more good shows coming at you. So we'll uh, we'll see you roughly the same time next week.